Welcome back to the Forward Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Armstrong. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope everybody had a great holiday season, a great uh, great and safe New Year's Eve. Here's to 2017. I don't know about y'all, but I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited. Before I go any farther, just want to let you know, I'm, I'm actually, um, I hope this works. I'm not sure it'll work, but I'm recording this down at the bottom of the Palulo Valley on the big island of Hawaii. So you hike down, park at the top, hike down. So I'm not far from the water. You maybe see it. Or you can't, you can't, I can see it. I was looking at it. You can maybe hear it. Hopefully it doesn't affect uh, this intro. Uh, could be cool. Could be not so cool. It's pretty cool sitting here. Um, like I say every week, questions, comments, concerns, bring them on. 2017. Uh, send me an email, podcast at wedosport.com. W-E-D-U sport.com. podcast at wedosport.com. My, um, my guest this week is the police chief uh, in Houston, Texas, uh, which is kind of random, but I guess the real story is that he was the police chief in Austin, Texas for many, many years, got to be a friend of mine. Um, his name is Art Acevedo. He, uh, uh, while you may not live in either Austin or Houston, uh, to me it just it, it, it seemed like an interesting podcast to do because there's so much in the media and in the press at large uh, just about um, the police forces around the country. And, you know, uh, of course, many times it's, it's, it's about um, excessive force and uh, different tactics. So I wanted, to, I wanted to get his opinion, not so much on, you know, police work in Austin or in Houston specifically, but just police in general, what it's like to be a policeman, uh, what are his views of uh, certain portrayals of, uh, of his fellow policemen all around the country. Um, so it, it, was, it was very compelling. Um, I, I trust his opinion on this, and uh, I hope you do too. Um, it's about an hour. Very interesting. Uh, towards the end, he talks about his highs and lows of, of being a policeman. Um, and, and the lows were were uh, were tough for him to talk about, and uh, and and quite frankly, tough for me to listen to because it was uh, it was so sad. But uh, give it a listen. Hope you enjoy. Uh, before I go any farther, I want to um, I want to dedicate this podcast not for any. Uh, reason other than he was a good friend of ours uh, who recently just passed he's not a policeman he has uh, nothing to do with my guest this week but uh, Wade Gillum uh, died a number of days ago uh, between Christmas and New Year's for those of you who follow me on um, on Instagram or Twitter you will at one point I, I mentioned a, a bracelet I was wearing almost like the old Livestrong bracelet but it was white said Wade Strong. Um, so Wade, uh, years ago, he, he's been in this battle for a long time, couple, couple, two or three years. Originally diagnosed with bile duct cancer and uh, tough diagnosis, tough um, prognosis, and uh, he lost his battle. So uh, not, um, not to bring it up again, but I talked about this last week that, um, you know, wanting... Uh, back in and you know when I think about 
what what does back end mean? Uh, when I say back end, I mean back end the cancer fight. You know, back end doesn't mean <clears throat> having an organization or raising a bunch of money or getting to go to the fancy talks or the fancy dinners. That, that's not back end. Back end for me is is uh, thinking about somebody like Wade, thinking about Deborah, his wife, thinking about his three kids. And when I say three kids, I mean these kids are, we all have kids, a lot of us had kids, we have great kids. These kids are amazing. And his wife that uh, he leaves behind is amazing. This is truly an all-American family and it just breaks my heart uh, what they're going through. Um, so Wade, wherever you are, I love you. We all love you. Um, and uh, we, I guess, you know, my promise to you, not that you're listening to my podcast, but I sure as hell hope you are, because you're just that crazy way. You, you would figure out a way how to do that. Um, but uh, just know that um, for now and forever, I got your back, and I got your family's back, and we're going to miss you. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Here's my guest, Houston Police Chief Art Acevedo. Happy New Year. Art, man, thanks for doing this. Hey, man, it's, it's great to be here. I uh, haven't seen you in a while, so nice uh, rainy day here in Austin, Texas. It's just disgusting. <laughs> what better to do than a podcast with me? That's exactly right. Uh, so, well, I, I'd rather do it with your wife. She's better to look at than, than your ugly face. I'm kidding. Wow. <laughs> wow. You can hold but that. But you know you what? You're one. right. You're right. Yeah, you're you keep it real. I, I'll kick my coverage. <laughs> what, what, you know, anyways. Yeah, I remember when you guys sat in front of me on a plane. I'm going, oh, there's Lance. And I don't really want to talk to you. Your beautiful spouse will talk to. Right. She's and much she's a more sweetheart. interesting. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. So when I, I didn't realize this about you, that you were born in Cuba. Yeah. When I looked at your bio, I... Because I always thought, because Acevedo, I knew Acevedo is a is more of a Portuguese name, and maybe that's with the Z. The Z is the Portuguese version. The C is the Spanish version. Got it. Yeah. And so and we're all cousins. You know, we get so uptight about right, right stuff. We're all cousins. But you were where were you born in Cuba? Havana in nineteen sixty four, July thirty first of sixty four. Yeah. And then, and then our good friends, the Castros, had already ruined the country. There was no food. Uh, our water, uh, sugar, and water was actually the milk. Instead of milk, uh, my mom. There was not enough food. If we dropped the grain of rice, she would pick it up off the floor and eat wow. it. Now I don't. I didn't. I don't have that memory. My father made sure that we knew these things, or I knew these things as the baby of the family. Before. And when you got out of there, you went to South Florida, or no? Well, we went to a place called the House of Liberty in uh, in Miami. It was a, a World War II barracks on the Miami International Airport, and that's where they would process where the current airport is. Where the current airport is, yeah. Uh, now they just have a plaque there. Uh, but it's, it's where they would process refugees from Cuba. Lyndon Johnson. Their version of Ellis Island. Exactly, for the yeah. Cubans uh, that were political refugees back in the 60s. Huh. Castro was smart. Let the educated people go because uh, educated people are a threat to totalitarian governments, and that was brilliant on his part. And I, re and I actually do remember, I do have independent memories of being in that, in those barracks. Wow. Yeah. And your folks are still alive? Oh, no. I lost my dad in 95. Lost my mom three, three and a half years ago. Got it. 
but they still had vivid memories of they had vivid memories i had memories like i said some memories but not uh not a lot but some memories i still i do have a uh memories of uh, of the house of liberty it was interesting when i got here to austin i got to meet uh lyndon baines johnson's beautiful daughter she's uh lucy, lucy baines sure. and uh she was at ut we we're going to speak about the texas 1000 or 4000 where texas 4000 4000 the, the the kids who ride from here to from austin to anchorage yeah yeah, yeah that was uh, their kickoff event and and it was interesting because she's a, such an eloquent speaker right. and she's she's an icon here and um what was interesting is that she, I, I was like oh my god i'm here in austin texas as a police chief the first hispanic police chief in the history of the department yep. of the city with the daughter of lyndon baines johnson who's the man that think about it and she's speaking i haven't i haven't prepared any, any speech or anything and then it, it, it hit me i dawned on me her father because of his courage in 1964 passed the civil rights act of 1964 yep. in 1965 he passed the uh, voting rights act and spearheaded it and he established the bridge of liberty which is the cuban refugee program for political refugees and political asylum and i thought if it wasn't for her dad, I'd never be in this country, right? Yeah. And how many rainy days, uh, how many storms did we have to live through for her and I to end up so many years later? You know, this is 2007 mm -hmm. from 1964. Wow. And it just makes you realize that uh, the world's really a small place. And, right. and that, uh, you know, it's uh, it, was, it was a really... Uh, powerful moment for me right. in my life. i went to i was in havana not this past summer but the summer before it's the first time i had ever been and yeah as as we all know that that country is seemingly changing i mean at least it it, it you know it, my sense being there was that it wasn't long until there was a starbucks on the corner and there yeah. was a chili's to eat at and yeah and then, of course, in recent weeks, then you have the death of Castro. Which oh, wow. That was a great morning. I mean, the thing about it, I got named and selected as the police chief for Houston, Texas, the the fastest growing big city in the country, right. fourth largest. And the most diverse city in America. In America. I got that great news, and I got the news that Castro died. Uh, Castro number one died. And I said, man, what a great week, Lord. The only way it could get better is if Raul Castro was uh, next. And uh, wow. so when I got the news that Fidel died, I said, Don't, don't, don't hold back. You no, know, I, don't. I don't want you to hold back on this podcast. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, you know what? Uh, when I heard that Fidel uh, died, my response was, Raul, you're on the clock. Yeah. Yeah. Those but man, he seems to, uh, well, who knows, but... Uh... Well, you see what the, the, the perception, the problem is Americans have a perception as love affair with Chad and with Castro. They think they're, they think they're heroes and they're, 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 they were absolute murderous thugs. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's right. Okay. There you have it. <laughs> so for the, for the Our purpose. I didn't know what to say. To so, that. <laughs> so here's the, here's the, here's the thing. Let's just, I want to frame this yeah. for the listeners because this is a, this is an, uh, uh, you know, a national and international audience. So yeah. they're, they're not. Austin, there are people from Austin, and I'm sure yeah, there are right. people from Houston, but for the purpose of this discussion, when we talk about policing and police work and your role, I'll try to, I'll try to avoid talking about Austin or Houston just because somebody in Nashville may not really care about it. No, Austin. let's talk about, we can just talk about the profession. But I think, I think, well, the, the profession is one of the most talked about yeah. professions in America now. And, right. and, and, and in every day you open a newspaper or turn on CNN, there's a story about you guys. Yeah. And when I say you guys, I mean you and 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 Bratton and right. and and 
and, and, you know, and whoever. The, and, and the 18,000 police departments served by 800,000 police officers across the United States of America from coast yeah. to coast, right, and border to border. Yeah. yeah. Has, has the, because, right, when you turn it on, and if, if the media is going to write the story, and I, and I harp on the media all the time, so yeah. if they're going to write the story, they're not writing the story that you saved the kitten from the tree no. in a burning house. They're writing about brutality. And they're writing about excessive force. And um, my question is: is has has it truly increased, or is it just being filmed and broadcast and captured now? Right. I mean, if you, yeah, because it because it look here's and this is just my you know dumb version of it. But you've got you've got either car cameras, or, you mm-hmm. know, uh, dashboard cameras, body cameras, somebody's iPhone. You've got three hundred and fifty so, million of these, if not more. Yeah. You've got phones. I'm looking at iPhones, smartphones right. with cameras. You've got surveillance camps, so they're yeah. capturing all this stuff. So, and I'm, I'm just, I'm not taking a position here. I'm just curious if. And you've got the net where the stuff goes on a 24-hour news cycle, then it stays on the internet and cyberspace forever. I mean, listen, uh, what you're what you're getting to, I think, is what is the state of American policing? Right. And I'm here to tell you that America. I've been a cop for 30 years, started in East Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. The American policing profession, that imperfect profession, this is the best generation of cops in the history of policing. Hmm. They're better trained, better equipped, better educated than ever. Uh, the truth today, as it was yesterday, as it will be tomorrow, is the very vast majority of police officers in this country will serve anywhere from 20 to 30 years. They'll never shoot at anybody. They'll never shoot anybody. They'll never kill anybody. They'll never seriously injure anybody. Hmm. And they will serve with... Dignity, respect, and honor. Having said that, it's an imperfect profession, mm-hmm. as is the human condition, man. We're all fallible. The problem is that you've got a 24-hour news cycle that is promoting the false narrative that, that the profession is broken when it isn't. I mean, it just isn't. The problem policing aren't the cops. It's people like me that wear stars and bars that aren't willing that when an officer clearly demonstrates conduct that is not consistent with the standards we all subscribe to in the oath of office, they don't get rid of them. Right. You know? So let's just say out of 800,000, only 1% are bad. That's 8,000 knuckleheads, knuckle draggers running around this country doing the wrong thing. And now we live in a society where not, you and I were kids. We were raised as a cop's getting his, in a fight. You don't pick up your iPhone. You get your heck, the heck out of the car, right. and you go help that cop. Not now. Everybody just stands there and videotapes to see if they can get their 50 minutes of fame. So and, and it's I'll, a perfect storm. And I'll one-up you. I, I, and we've seen it, right? Because you either capture – you can obviously capture it on your phone or, or you know whatever you want to record it with. But now you can stream it live, Periscope, Facebook Live. So this these yeah. things, I mean, we as we've seen in the media, you've seen you know, you've seen the, the – uh, I believe the couple were in Minneapolis or somewhere that where she, you know, literally filmed on Facebook Live her husband getting shot. Yeah, which you know the media is just gonna, it, they are going to they love it, which really disgusts me. Well, like because at the bleed, end of the day, if somebody's it bleeds, dead. It leads. If it bleeds, it leads. If it bleeds, it leads. That yeah, and fun. somebody's dead. Uh, somebody's lost a loved one. You guys get you know, for better or worse, your reputation goes to shit, and and the media wins. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 uh, you know, we live in a gotcha society, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I, I, I'm a tough sob to work for, right? So my cops know. I've I've heard that. Yeah, I'm a tough sob to work for. If my cops know if you do the right thing, yeah, I will lose my job before I sell you out. But yeah. that's a double edged sword. If you don't yeah. do the right thing, 
I will lose my job before I sell yeah. out the oath of office. Quick question. What is, the, what is the average salary for a police officer? Oh, Lord, that's a good question. I can tell you that uh, in Austin, they're very well compensated. Okay. Houston, where I'm going to, mm, we need to do better. Uh, you know, uh, And I think that with uh, Mayor Turner, who's there now, and the mayor and the council, once we get some things done that we need to get done as a precursor, mm-hmm. we're going to see them getting paid better. But I think uh, most police officer salaries can country, range, country, okay, it, it can range from anywhere to 30000 a year where cops can actually you know, apply for food stamps to places like the Bay Area or, or California where you might be making close to 100000 a year. So it, 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 it's 800,000 cops representing 18,000 police officers. Some get paid barely enough to feed their families and some are getting paid a, a, a decent middle way. But middle to make a, to make six figures, you would have had to have been a cop for a long time. Well, by the time you get, you know, people don't realize that's not the starting pay. That's your top end. There's sort of, you get step raises every year until you hit the top scale. Right, but say you're a three-year cop and you're, you know, and you're yeah, 30 years old. cop. Our cops, like in Austin, they'll be making around 60 grand right out of the academy after their first year. Plus that's overtime. The, right. It's not a, it's not a, I mean, I think, I would say that's not a lot of money for for no. doing a pretty tough job, very no, tough job. No, but you know what? We don't we don't really get into this for the money. Mm-hmm. We get in. I hope we get into it because we want to make uh, you know we want to make a difference. But you still got you get what you pay for. Yeah. So the, you know you you, you got to make sure that officers can take care of their families because so they in turn can take care of the public. Yep. I hear you. I hear you. And and you know it was interesting to me. It's because it's. Like I said, it seems if you watch the news and read the papers today, you know this seems like a new thing. I watched this thirty for thirty on OJ Simpson, the, the five part series, and it, you know, it, yeah. It, did you watch it? No, it, I, I listen. I I lived OJ. I was with California Air Patrol back in the day. Right. My my best friend Paul Golonsky, who retired as a lieutenant, actually was a sergeant chasing OJ that day in the Bronco. He was in, it was he a was slow in, chase. I said, come on, Paul. He calls me. Hey, dude, I'm chasing OJ. I go, brother, ram him. I'm trying to get back to the NBA finals here. What's going on? Remember, they interrupted right. the finals. Yeah. They interrupted the NBA finals. I think the Rockets might have even been playing wow. in that finals. Yeah. Was it the Rockets and I Knicks? Don't I don't remember. But I was livid. Who cares about this low-speed chase? Put the game back on. And... Uh, <laughs> Nick was I right? I mean, is that Higgs, a Higgs chimes in from from the far corner. Hey, is that he, a memory? Well, you, or what? you went. To, you're going to Houston. He grew up in New York, so you, yeah. he's got it right. Yeah, and you I lo- and I love sports, and I love the NBA, man. It's just it just really irked the heck out of me that yeah. they. But if you watch the five part series, and and of course there was police issues in and around the OJ case specifically, but the five part series, and I encourage you and everybody listening to watch it because it's f- totally fucking fascinating. Yeah, but it goes. All the way back to just, and you you came from Los Angeles, yeah. so you know this. It goes all the way back to this this culture of, or this 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 tension mm-hmm. between the African American community and the police. And they, in the footage they show, like we watch footage of, you know, the current stuff, right, which we see every day. But yeah. the, the footage that they went and found of the way that white police officers treated black people yeah. is is it's ugly crazy that's ugly and so you you know people see that and then they see rodney king and then they see that and it's just and this was all part of the 30 for 30 and it ultimately obviously ends up to 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 oj's story and how you know how that went down right and how 
Um, but there's a lot of that out there. So that, I mean, you guys, I mean, people, I, you know what people don't get, you know, like, uh, black lives matter, right. you know, so people, ah, oh, they're, they're anarchists. And you know what? There's a segment of black lives matter that, that are absolute anarchists. When you go around saying oink, oink, pigs must die. But guess what? There's a huge segment of black lives matter that are just salt of the earth people that all they want is excellence in policing mm -hmm. because the question that has to be asked isn't are we uh, is the police department are cops using force uh more often disproportionately when it comes to people of color and i and i like to add poor people because that includes white people can be poor as well the question that needs to be asked is when police officers inappropriately inappropriately use deadly force mm -hmm. deadly it, force deadly force especially mm -hmm. does it disproportionately impact communities of color and i always add uh poor communities and i think that when you look at that data it's going to show if somebody really took the time to look at that data that when there's a bad police shooting that disproportionately it's going to impact especially the african-american community and so we need to do better right we really do yeah you were and, and just in in reading about you i mean I, I it's funny reading about you because i've known you for a long time yeah. so i just, just we're more like text buddies and and right. see each other at kids games and stuff but then you start to read about someone and you're like oh wow like the cuban thing yeah. you know, the, <laughs> but then i come across this this secret recording that one of <laughs> yeah. your guys that yeah. okay i'm just telling you i would have first of all i listened to it and i'm like okay well what is the problem yeah. here you have a police chief yeah who is upset that that one of his police officers shoots a 17-year-old naked kid who had no, you know, wasn't armed or anything. Right. And for some reason, he didn't have any clothes on either. Yeah, uh, and, and you're upset about it, which we as the citizens would think, well, yeah, I hope yeah. he's upset about yeah. it. Yeah. And some schmuck yeah. records it. Yeah. I, I man, <laughs> I don't know about, I don't know what you... Uh, do you know who recorded? Oh yeah, but he's no longer a member of the department. I would hope he's not. Gone. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I'm not down. I'm and, not and, down and, with and, that. And the coward uh, did it and left. And the, and they're so. But this is how. Uh, what a lack of sophistication. And uh, uh, I tried to kill that story for six weeks. I kept beating up the reporter. I go, this isn't a story. And the reason I did that. By the way, the reporter was annoying. Oh he, yeah, and the reason I did that is because I knew he's going. He was going to speak to the media too often. They've got to. They've got to make it sexy. If it's just one guy that was upset, that's not that sexy. But he had to make it where the commanders aren't supporting the police right. chief's vision, right. which was. Can I say yeah. bullshit? You can. It was bullshit, man. Yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I knew he was going to do that, but he went with it anyway, and he tried to spin it as it was a command staff. I was talking to three people in a room of twenty-five people. The one that recorded it because the guy's such a knucklehead. I would I wouldn't do the interview with the media until I listened to the entire tape because I I need to know what's on it. What I really wanted to see was hear the voices. And when you're the one taping, guess who's going to be closest to the voice? And the person that I suspected, sure enough, his voice was the closest uh, on the audio. That's but, now that is some serious detective work, right? Hey there. man, it's called just being that you know, is. Hi, boy, you. <laughs> Way to crack that case. Cracked it. Yeah, 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 right. No wonder you got that big, high-paying job <laughs> yeah. in Houston. Hey, man. Not, not everybody enough. can do that. It's not paying Fucking Barney Fife can't do that. Okay. So the bottom line, he's gone. 
the other guy that I was talking to, I've gotten his attention, and he's doing phenomenal. All right. he has to do is to sustain it. And one other guy is either going, either going to get his attention, or he won't be around anymore. Yeah. But it was just stupidity. And as a matter of fact, it, it worked out so well with the court of public opinion that now the conspiracy theorists think I did it myself. You know, <laughs> I, I have to confess, I, I. Oh Lord, come I, on! When you because when you listen, Jesus. Art, when you listen to it. You're you're basically saying, guys, we, we got to be better. We got to act better. We can't yeah. we can't. This is unacceptable for the citizens of Austin or yeah. for the citizens of wherever. Of anywhere. Anywhere. And and I'm listening to this going, well, what's the downside? I mean, I get it yeah. if you're if you're you know one of the guys that's getting some heat. I get it if you're running you right. run the uh, the police union. Mm-hmm. I get all that. But if you're a citizen, you're like, this is my guy. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's funny is that I, I, I had so been it did out, seem a little rigged. Well, you know, hey, I, I was in Miami Beach for a. Uh, you know, you, you in this job, you know, I have a job where you're pissing people. No matter what your decision is, you're going to piss off somebody, right? So I was in Miami Beach for a family reunion, sitting on the beach, and I had that time to just just, just, just chill out a little bit and really reflect about mm-hmm. a couple of issues that had happened. Mm-hmm. One was the Breon King, where my officer just basically, she, you know, she was not being all that cooperative. She was being a real pain. But you know what? This is in the parking lot. Yeah, the girl. yeah. The hundred, you know, hundred and ten pound little school teacher, and yeah. and when she told the cop to hurry up, he kind of lost it a little bit and yanked her out. And so there's the there's the letter of the law, and there's the spirit of the law, and he wasn't following the spirit of the law. And quite frankly, we're the professionals. We're the ones that took the oath of office. Mm-hmm. And so that was really weighing on me when I came back. I had, I mean, my my my, I had piss and vinegar, man. I was ready to rock, and yeah. I just wanted to. Come back with a renewed vigor, and I want to make sure these guys knew. Oh, you had and, some vigor. Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, I didn't, I didn't say anything behind closed doors that I don't say publicly. No. So no, yeah. I, trust me, you come off as a very uh, transparent person. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It gets me in trouble. Believe me. By the way, you, you've been to Houston before, right? Oh, I've been going to Houston since 1975. Got okay, family, but, and you understand that there's a big difference between Austin and Houston, just in terms of quality of life. Hey, I hey, just want to make sure you know what you're yeah, getting into. Hey, baby, I'm going to have the NBA. I'm going to have NFL. And you're going to have, you know, 2,000% humidity. Oh, and you're going to have traffic. That's what, you're air, have, that's what air conditioning is for. I'm sorry, you would think 35 is perfect. The last time you're on 35, I wouldn't. See, he gets I, on his helicopter. He gets on his little private helicopter, picks him up in the backyard. I wouldn't. And, I wouldn't move from Austin to Houston for all the Kings oh horses. God, I'm I just love. telling you, on the record. Where, where everybody listening to Houston. Where were you born and raised? Out the suburbs of Dallas, Plano, Texas. Oh, and I, and I wouldn't please. go there either. Oh my God! Listen, I'm 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 big city. I'm going back. I'm going to LA with humidity, and I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I'm already there. Actually, I can't wait. Is this your last job? I'll never say never. Never say never. No. You want to go back to LA at some point. Not really. I mean, California's tax. California's taxes are just crazy, man. Higgs, how many murders over over, uh, Thanksgiving in Chicago? 65, you said? 68 shootings over the Thanksgiving holiday in Chicago. You're the police chief in Chicago. What do you do? You know, is there, I, any, is I, there anything? To well, change? there's a lot I think you can do, but I don't. I don't like uh, criticizing other departments. I will say that I got a call from uh, a guy named Charlie from the Three Charlies. Yeah. CJ. Yeah. Hey, man. When the when they got rid of the last guy, right. Gary McCarthy, and he said, "Hey, Art, you know, Ron Manuel, we're sitting here talking to him, and I hate to I hate to see you leave Austin, but I told him that you're the guy that he needs to come and fix Chicago." <laughs> And I say, man, Charlie, don't be doing me no favors, man. Absolutely not. I, I think you got it's 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 a multi prong approach. You got to put cop, wherever those shootings are happening, you get, you've got to have a uh, basically a, a very large uniform 
presence. And then you hit, you need to have outside of the perimeter of wherever the shootings are happening because they, they're in pockets. They're not happening everywhere, right? right. So you got to be data-driven, intelligence-led. You're going to have to you have to have chase cars just sitting around waiting for when that shooting hits. You need to get on it, and you need to just get people and just take them down. The, the other piece is you need to leverage technology. You need to have LPRs, license automated license plate readers. You need to have uh, cameras in public spaces. You need to have shot spotter. So there's a lot that can be done. I don't know what they're doing. So this is it about with, well, this is obviously about catching. The, the well, one, but the problem is that you know a small percentage of people are probably responsible for a no, large number of the yeah. shootings. So, so you got to weed those out. And the, and then you know my philosophy has been here in Austin as the chief of police is that if a gang steps out and they and they do something as retaliation, we become their new best friends. Yeah. And I'll just leave it at that. Hmm. There's consequent actions have to have reaction. And bad actions have to have consequences, you know. And in, in, in California, I'll never forget we had a we had a house, uh, the Vagos. Have you heard of the? Uh, it was the Mongols, OMGs, the outside uh, outlaw motorcycle gang, the Mongols. They had this uh, this uh, chapter pad house over there in, off of Rush and Pack in uh, South Almonte. I'm the, I'm a, I'm a California Patrol assistant chief or captain. I don't remember. It's been so long. But every time they'd have a party. They'd take over neighborhoods. They'd take over the gas station. They'd just steal shit and do all kinds of stuff. And so I said, you know what? <laughs> the sheriff's department wasn't doing anything about it. I said, you know what? We know about it. California Patrol, we're going to take care of it. So I put in all kinds of resources, undercover cars. You know, it's a good thing about being a, a California Patrol officer. You can always find a probable cause. So we stopped everything that moved on those motorcycles, on those uh, gangbangers, impounded them for anything we could, arrest them for anything we could legally. And uh, I'll make a long story short, I get a call from their lawyer. Hey, what the hell, what is going on here? I was a chief after, I was an assistant chief. And I said, hey, did we, uh, did we, is there any, is there any false reports that you want to tell me about or any, you, you know, anything that's illegal? He said, no, just harassment. I go, no, we're using lawful tools to let you know you're not welcome in your shenanigans. Guess what they did after about a, a six weeks of that? They Stop. moved. Yeah, right, yeah, they, they left. They, they, they found they, a different place to party. Uh, not, not, not in my county. Yeah. So it isn't rocket science, and I think that people deserve. When we had the uh, shooting up there in Waco at the uh, <laughs> at the Twin Peaks, remember right. when that that OK Corral, and then we have the Republic. No, this, is, this is like yeah. I mean, for the listeners at home, just I'm just refresh them. I mean, this is like old school, like Wild Wild West. Wild, like wild, these guys wild. just start. There was a full on shootout between rival gangs at a at a at like a white trash. You know, biker bar. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, which uh, I have, hey, my dumb ass forever didn't understand what yeah. Twin Peaks was until somebody told me. Oh, It's Lord. like a, you know, it's like a it's version a Hooters. of Hooters. It's exactly. Hooters, yeah. So these guys start shooting each yeah. other. Then you're, you know, your brothers and sisters show up to. Yeah, they, they got a couple probably. <laughs> uh, all, all I know is that after that, we were going to have the Republic of Texas Motorcycle Rally, which is a great rally that that's every year here in Austin. And I think it's in June. So I had my organized crime division. We we went out and reached out to the top leadership of these gangs, and we told them that you try any of that shit here in Austin, yeah, there will be consequences. I'm going to have undercover officers. I'm going to have spotters on rooftops. I'm going to have SWAT team members out. I want you guys. You're welcome to come. We're not going to harass you. But if you step out, hmm. stand by to stand by, and uh, we've got actually a commitment from them that you won't have any problems with us and. Lo and behold, we do that every year here. Every year, man. I'm never here uh, in June. 
it's a uh, hey, it's nice and cool. You know, we've got yeah, mid seventies. Mid seventies. It yeah. might be mid seventies in the the dead of the night on the coldest day in history. <laughs> right? in June, you know? uh, actually, what it's if, not that. I got used to the heat here, man. You get used to it. Yeah. I mean, what what about? And, I, and it's interesting because I I've done a bunch of interesting people on this podcast. One of which was Malcolm Gladwell, and we talked about police and policing and and. We, he and I specifically talked about how it seems that police forces around, maybe in big, obviously in bigger cities, it's becoming looking more and more like. Uh, you need to check that. No, no, I mean, okay. I, I'm, I'm multitasking. That's yeah, what we do. You got, you got. No, but it, no, you're fine. Shit. But yeah, keep it on the table. Keep I the know, mic hey, on the. Man, what it's the it, it's looking more I th- and I more. I thought you had Danish out here or something. Saturday morning, it's Lance Armstrong. I'm thinking, you know, I'm I'm going to take time out of away from my family. Come out here. Oh. I, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to have some really nice pastries, Shit. some some espresso. I didn't. I didn't I, get you. I hope uh, your wife doesn't get home because I'm going to tell him what. Have you taught him anything about manners? Col- she's in Colorado. No wonder. Yeah. You're in yeah. charge. I didn't, you didn't no wonder there's no food here or anything your, else. You didn't man. send us your rider with all your list of <laughs> demands, all you But it seems to me that these forces back to the question that yeah. Gladwell and I were talking. It seems to me that they're becoming more and more militarized. Militarized. Oh, they, that's so much bullshit. No, no, but they look like it. I mean, honestly, yeah. uh, is it how long until there's like a tank? You guys have a tank or well, I mean, I'm just serious. Like, yeah. When you when you see whether it's the body armor or or the vehicles. I mean, they look. This yeah. isn't, you know, leave it to Beaver anymore. It's it's no man, but and it's a bit. I'm not saying that's a bad thing because no, when you, I know it's just hey, society's violent, man. There's a lot of violence going on. Look at look at the Dallas. Yeah, one guy who you know, God bless him, he rest in peace. Is cuckoo for cocoa puffs, probably an enchilada short of a combination plate. Decides he's going to oh here we go. He's going to decides he's going to get back at now. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. You see. Yeah, Dave. Dave, the sound. Yeah. Dave, Dave, the do-it-all man, brought in a slice of my mom's banana bread. Oh my! I can't wait. And, and can you give me a masseuse? What you're out here, very quick. Little shoulders are kind of. So yeah. anyway, so one guy. Look at the havoc that man. Look at the havoc he caused. Yep. Well, they actually had to blow him up. I don't know if you know how right. that ended. With 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 a with a robot. With a robot. Yeah. That, people. I, look, got, I, got, I don't have a problem with that. A uh, lot of people had a problem with that. That a robot cruises in and blows hi, the dude up. Hey. When you're killing people and they're trying to talk you out and you're saying, hell you, I ain't doing it. Chief, I said, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I know. People people, thought that was weird and not. It was outside the box, but guess what? It was an outside the box moment. You you know, you got to be creative. I don't disagree. The the militarization of police departments, uh, there's some validity to that conversation when departments don't use the equipment properly. I'll never forget in Ferguson where you saw the guys, people are just sitting there demonstrating. Uh, and you see guys on top of the Bearcat. Bearcat's an armored vehicle. All that is is a rescue vehicle. It's you, you know it, it doesn't have it doesn't have bazookas on it or anything. Mm-hmm. But you see the guy up there with the scope and the long rifle, the sniper. You know I knew what he was doing because I'm a cop. That guy's not, he's not getting ready to shoot people in the crowd. He's actually using the scope to call out uh, anarchists that get in the middle of peaceful people and they start throwing stuff, hoping the cops will react and mm. they start a riot. But the public perception was, oh, my God, they're getting ready to snipe. That was sniper. And I remember telling that chief, and I did criticize this guy in front of about 350 executives. I go, hey, uh, did you guys ever hear about binoculars? They're a wonderful thing, man. <laughs> you know? I mean, I know what your guy was doing, but to the public, you're, you're getting ready to snipe peaceful protesters. I said, and secondly, if you didn't have binoculars, how about taking the scope off the sniper rifle and just holding it to your eye? Yeah, It's all about 
common sense, good judgment, good policy, yeah. good procedures, good training. The MRAPs, everybody is all up in arms about those big old things they used in uh, the Middle East. They look because they, they I've been there. The, yeah, the, they it's look, like yo, they just ship those over. And they're now machines. They're, they're I mean, they're huge. But you know what? Uh, rural America sometimes has really bad flooding. Mm. Here in Austin, we've had bad flooding, and there's not a better vehicle that you can use to save people's lives in that monstrosity. And so, again, it's not about mm -hmm. the equipment. It's about good policy, good training, mm -hmm. good optics, and using them only under, under the right set of circumstances. Yeah. Hey, this looks really good. Let me tell you. We can, hey, we, believe me, we'll, we'll edit out your chewing and everything. Hey, no. Try well, hold on. I offered you coffee and everything else before. Just just don't shoot too close to the Oh, mic. my God. Wait a minute. You mm. can tell Mama. They want to hear. You can tell Mama. Linda where's Mom at? Where's Mom at? She's in Frisco, Frisco, Texas. Well, you tell Mom the next time I'm near Dallas, I want to come by for this recipe. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, I'd come back for more. <laughs> now I know where you live here. <laughs> tell me when you're done chewing so I can I ask know. my last question. <laughs> mm. <laughs> You know what? We are not editing this out. Hey, I don't want you to. You get what you pay for, brother. Yeah, I, I'm getting paid zero. You know so. they got a, they got an Uchi in Houston. You can go have. You can. Yeah, I like Uchi. Yeah, it's really good. I, you know, what? I, I hear our happy hour is really good, but I've never quite made it to happy oh, yeah, hour. Right? <laughs> have you been there for happy hour? I'm serious. He thinks listen, I'm making that up. I was See, born at night, but not last night. You've been to plenty of happy hours everywhere. Ah, uh, well. Okay. Um, Here, I got a question. What yeah. What is your view? What, tell me, talk, let's, uh, what do you think of body cams, right? I, I saw them. my first body cam driving back. I drove, uh, I'd never been pulled over uh, by a cop with a body cam, and I was driving back from Aspen back here to Austin, and, and the guy who, I was going way too fast, which is a whole different story. <laughs> um, there were, anyways, and the guy had a body cam, and I was like, wow, I'd never... I've never seen so that. So the question is, how fast were you going? Did you get a ticket? I I, I said I was going way too fast. And and with a body cam, it, it, <laughs> I think you have to get a ticket. No, uh, we give people discretion. Where do you get this? Did you get a ticket? Oh, yeah, because I was, I, I, all I'm going to say <laughs> so is. So you're I just was, glad you didn't I, go to jail. Is I, that what you're telling me? I was going <laughs> way too fast. Okay, Armstrong. I'm wondering. But a lot of, but but thankfully, a lot of your 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 brothers and sisters in this town have have let me slide a time or two. Oh my! Who but with a body, <laughs> but with a body cam, I don't think you can do that. Give me some names. Yeah, you can. We give them discretion. I mean, body worn cameras. About seven years ago, I told the American statesman that within five years, every police officer in major American cities will be wearing body cams. I'm off a little bit, but I knew that was coming. We need them. They really so are. So you are in favor. Oh, absolutely. Our cops are. But you have to not just get the system. You got to get the right system. I don't want cameras unless they turn themselves on when the door opens. Because I don't want to set up my cops in the community for failure. If my cop turns a corner and they see a, a person getting stabbed or a shooting going on, the last thing they should be worried about is hitting a damn button on a camera. Mm -hmm. And so I met with members of the industry and I told them, you want to sell me cameras? Here are the requirements that I will need. They need to have automatic triggers. They need to have uh, they need to have a wireless environment where they can actually transfer the data. Uh, and you know, it's here that that technology is finally here because what the the anarchists like the peaceful streets idiots here in, in uh, Austin, what they do is they like to videotape things from certain angles or only videotape the police response to somebody's actions, not what led to the response, or edit videos. We want to capture the cops and what they're doing because ninety nine percent of the time. They're doing the right thing for the right reason. But those one at the top of the show, you you, you said of the eight hundred thousand cops, one percent, eight thousand bad apples. There, I mean, 
those one percenters with cameras on might act better. Well, they're either going to act better or they're, they're going to get busted. Absolutely. And with uh, and with automatic triggers, there's no excuse for that camera not to be. What's on. an automatic trigger? That means that when the door opens, the camera comes on comes automatically. On. Okay. When the lights, the emergency lights go on, the camera comes on automatically. If you hit a certain speed, the camera comes on automatically. The system that we procured here in Austin, not only does the camera of the operator that's driving come on, any camera within 20 feet comes on automatically. Hmm. That's a win for everybody. So you've got the dashboard cam, the body cam. And everything comes on, mm. which I think is a win. Yeah. Because most of the time, I mean, man, cop, cops are just, I love I love policing. I mean, I, I've been offered jobs making a lot more money, actually, and I turn it down because I love the men and women in blue. Mm. I really do. And I love serving the community. And right. But I don't think that the, the that. I don't think the the view on body cams that you have is is shared universally. No, no. Some unions, like in uh, other police departments on the East Coast, don't want them. And 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 I've always I don't know if you ever watched the show Real Stories of the Higher Patrol. Mm-mm. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a cops where they come out like and ride bad along. Boys, bad yeah, boys. that's uh, what yeah, you're going to yeah. do. What that's you're exactly do right. When they come for oh Lord. Sorry. Now we have you been because yeah. he must no. be singing a lot because he's been ringing we, like a son of a gun out. We here. will definitely edit that out. No, no, you should leave that on there. They should leave that on there. That way, that's if you come into the karaoke bar, they know not to put not to call you no, up. That's staying on. So anyway, so uh, I was a sergeant in East LA, and uh, real stories came out. My guys didn't want to ride with them, and I said, "Let me tell you something. If you don't want to have a camera with you, yeah. then you better you better check what you're doing because that camera should be your best friend." Mm. And I really believe that. Yeah, I know that uh, it would probably keep me from doing something stupid back in the day. Yeah, yeah, but he, I can see how people would be nervous just you know, just in conversation. You're talking to your buddy, and you know, as Trump says, locker room talk. You, know, oh, you don't want Lord, that I, being captured. Hey, don't don't be grabbing me by the genitalia now. That would not be cool. <laughs> don't worry, you, you know what? There's a lot of things you got to worry about. Not that without is, a kiss, that anyway. Ain't, that ain't one of them. If you're gonna grab it, you're gonna have to throw a kiss, and not on the lips, just on yeah, the cheek. Get a little more water here. Are you gonna edit that? Out? Look, he's getting that's made him a little nervous. He's getting water. Yeah. Look, 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 at, look at how quietly I put my cup down because the glass. Yeah. Watch, look at that. Yeah. That hey, um, this, and this is a local Austin story, so I'll frame it a little bit for yeah. our listeners all around the world. So uh, we, we had a, um, a judge here in, in Austin who my son grew up with her son. Her name is Julie oh. Kasurik. And uh, so Luke was very good friends with her son, Will, and, 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 and uh, by relation to that or um, – by connection to that, I was very close with, with Judge. And I'm out, and this is this is how it, well, you know what happened, but I'm out for a long run one morning, and, and her house, their house, is on my loop, and and I'm running, and the, and the street is barricaded off, and, and, and I can see you guys in full force, as well as the media, uh, around her house. And so I, that freaked me out, and I got home, and I saw the news that, that she had been shot. Um, and thank God... Uh, she survived, and she's gone on to. She, she's an amazing woman. Oh, she's an amazing woman. Amazing family. Amazing family. Long history here in this city, but she's just a great lady. And uh, you know, she. And I'm gonna just. I'm gonna say this because, you know, my life hasn't been a bed of roses the last four years, and and by and and and, and obviously that impacts my children. When this went down, my story went down. She was the first person I called because I knew that I would. And I said, "How is you know what is Will her son?" How is it in school? How's the hallway? How's yeah. how's the locker room? Is it you know? Is it? Yeah. And she was very direct with me, and, and so I, I will never uh, um, 
forget her and, and, and she's fortunately again she survived but this guy who who we got the guy on airy yeah so it, it, i mean I, I don't know if you can't talk about it no, yeah, we can yeah but sure. we got the right guy oh yeah it was more than one guy well there were th- there were there were there was more than one guy yeah. and he had a couple helpers and it was all set up and but he drove over from houston and yeah 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 and, and, and no question because it, it, no, the, the local have. paper leads you to believe that you know maybe it's him maybe it's no no it's him it's him we got him and by the time we're done with him in the federal courts, we, that guy's not going to see the, the light of day. Right. They're going to have to pump daylight to his cell when we get done with him. Yeah. That's an old That's an old school saying, by the way, <laughs> for the older people listening. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. the setup of it was, and just so you guys at home can can to, to try to imagine this, is that they were at an Austin High football game. Yeah. Uh, there were some reports of some suspicious people in the neighborhood earlier in the day. Yeah. Judge Julie Kasurik was sitting, riding shotgun, Will who'd probably just gotten his license, yep. was driving. They pull into the driveway. There's a gate. There's a large dumpster or, or trash bag trash in front bag. of the gate, yep. which was, was strange. She said, hey, Will, be careful, because, you know, we had these reports of some suspicious activity and, you know, just, but they had to move the trash thing to get the car yep. into the gate. He gets out of the car, and you know the story, but I'm telling the listeners, he gets out of the car to move the trash bag. The dude walks up, uh, pushes Will out of the way. Fortunately, the the door shuts, I guess, and he mm-hmm. starts firing rounds into the car in front of, you know, trying to kill the judge, um, our friend here in town, and in front of her son. Yep. And then, uh, and, and again, thank God he doesn't, and then runs off. And, but, you know, obviously for her son, that was very traumatic. Very traumatic. Yeah. And to this day, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a ranger out in front of her house. Uh, every time I go by, run by or ride yeah, by. Yeah. But, and, and uh, that's what, that's yeah. what led me. I was like, don't we have the guy? Yeah, we do, but you know, you you never know uh, in, in, a, in in a criminal organization. You never know how far the tentacles are. Because he was part of a, a Nigerian yeah. crime ring. Yeah, they're right. they're they're not good people. These not, not I'm not talking about Nigeria. I'm talking about these 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 specific uh, right. actors are not. Yeah, good credit people. card theft, identity theft. Yeah, and more the guys, an idiot, more sophisticated. But you can get these guys, and this is all on the paper, with cell phone records and tracking. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I try not to talk about methodology too much because, you know, look, at that's what happened with Bin Laden. The damn media reported it, and then it took us, you know, a, a decade to get this deterred. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, we, we had our ways. We had our ways. You know, and people don't realize there's big brothers everywhere. Right. And big brother into government, I, private I, sector. Yeah, they, I think, I think that's right. I think people uh, realize that more and more now. Yeah. When you when you see, you know, there's enough. I mean, Ed Snowden uh, and all these things that are yeah. out there. People are like, "Wow, Big Brother!" But Big Brother truly is the private sector, man. The private sector everywhere. Every time yeah, you go into a building, the yeah, everything. Yeah, right. all, everything. No, so. they know. They know what time you went to the bathroom this morning. Right. right? Yeah. Which yeah. Is, that's I, I'm, that's I'm not, why I just go outdoors, man, with nothing, no electronics around. <laughs> Making uh, that up, <laughs> hey, man. You guys have no sense of humor. What's going on well, with this we, podcast? We, I take a leak outside every day. <laughs> I know. That's why he's got to have that artificial turf so he doesn't be. Yeah. His wife got tired of him burning the grass like the dog. So yeah. he said, all right, all right, Lance, we're getting an artificial turd. I okay, mean, turf. I have just a couple more questions. <laughs> yeah. A couple more questions. He's done I, with me, man. He's ready to get you, rid no, of no, me. no, no. This is fascinating. I love this. You, you, you know what? I had low expectations for you. Oh, this great shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he had low expectations of me actually showing up. You know, uh, I, I won't. Mean, I, okay, no well, okay, hang on. For no the record, coffee. this was this is this is a this is a this is a redo because somebody didn't show up. Hey, I we, hope the guy's okay. Hey, somebody, you know I am so grateful that it's a uh, we. He, he was 
This is a Houston Craig, cop. Yeah. Uh, as retired assistant chief from Houston that I want to bring, he's just a phenomenal human being, mm. phenomenal cop. And I don't want to say his name or anything for his privacy, but I think that uh, things are looking looking up. Good. And so, Good. Thank God for that. A couple things. Uh, who, you know, I mean, I guess in, I don't even know if I'm going to say this right, but like who is your like cop hero, like your police hero? I mean, is it, because oh there's God. some iconic figures in, in American police yeah. history. Yeah, I mean, two two of my favorite, and it's not J. Edgar Hoover. He'd be in prison today, so I'll just leave him out of it. And okay, I always we'll tease, I always tease the FBI. I go, hey man, and they get angry. It's really weird. I go, hey, why do you guys keep having the name of a guy that today would be indicted on the side of your building? I mean, that's a kind of it's an ugly history. Have you haven't you guys read your own history? So I hope FBI agents listening. I that was not me. That was okay. Lance Armstrong. <laughs> but uh, throwing my voice. I, I I'm I've been in policing for 30 years, and uh, two of the people that have really, or there's been three that have really had a big impact on me, are a guy named Lee Baca, who was the sheriff of LA County, and unfortunately he started surrounding himself late in his career with the wrong people. I met him as a young sergeant. I warned him that if he didn't get rid of a guy named uh, Tanaka, Paul Tanaka, who was his under sheriff, I actually confronted the sheriff and I told him, "You will crash and burn." He didn't listen. Well, he's been indicted. The other guy's been convicted. The other one is Bill Bratton, yeah. who when he went to L.A. and I was a young assistant chief, uh, really is a guy that's a really willing, very much willing to share his knowledge and yep. to really help you out. Yeah, spend time with Bill Bratton. He's, I, he's, he's, he's a lovely guy. He's a great guy. As a yeah. matter of fact, I just he's called me. This, the second that he heard the news, he I got a call from him about Houston. And there's a guy named Charles Ramsey uh, that's uh, – that was the uh, deputy chief in Chicago, became the police chief in uh, D.C., and just retired as the commissioner of Philadelphia. And Charles Ramsey's just uh, police royalty. He's cool. just uh, all three of those guys. Are, well, one of them no longer, but two of the three are police royalty. And then there's a guy named Daryl Stevens. It's another one. I mean, I've just been blessed that uh, you, you don't get anywhere in life by yourself. I've, mm. I've, I've been blessed to have people on the way that have uh, really taught me about what policing is about, and it's about relationships and people. Yeah. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you, and I can't believe I'd, I should have, because I'm such a narcissistic, egomaniac, <laughs> sociopath. Oh, hey, if you relieve all the stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, but I, I should have told you this at the top of the show. I am actually a sheriff's deputy, sheriff's deputy in Pitkin County, Colorado. See, like I told you guys, it's really sad Maybe. that we have 800,000 police officers, and then and all, all, there's all, the one percenters. <laughs> there's the one percenters. I, I don't want body cams. I don't want dash cams. Oh, I don't want. I don't want any cams in my what? life. Do you want bullets? Because I heard they're giving you uh, just uh, blanks. Have you figured that out yet? Uh, um, so here's the thing. This is <laughs> listen, Chief. This is no shit. I was sworn in by Joe DeSalvo, oh, our Joe sheriff DeSalvo, in yeah. Pitkin County, who's yeah. who's a great. You would love DeSalvo, yeah, yeah. And he's my best bud, and he made me a sheriff deputy. And so I sort of joked that I'm the under sheriff, which is what reminded me when you yeah. talked about the other under sheriff. Yeah. But I haven't gone That's to the awesome. academy. I plan on it when I when I get more time in Colorado. I, I actually I don't want to be a cop. Well you, well, you should. You should do it. There's only, and the thing that right. and, and the thing that I either I don't know if I if I'm dreading or looking forward to is that you 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 don't get to, but you they tase you at the end of the oh, academy. Yeah. yeah. So, so you've been tased. Yeah. See, I kind of want to be tased, dude. I, I, when we call a cop over right now, we can we can get that we can get it done. I you know the. <laughs> 
<laughs> we can do that for charity. Hey, wait, man. everybody in the room hey. is nodding. What the fuck no. is wrong with y'all? No, well, so, hey, anybody I'm your homie. I mean, no, no, we'll wait do a second. Hey, man, anybody that the, the, the Lance is ever pissed off, we're going to auction off I mean, a tasing chief, of Lance for... for, chief, for that yeah. li- the line is long. Yeah, I know, but yeah. I, I want... You think the, the line for Bruce Springsteen's <laughs> autograph thing the other day was long? That line to tase Lance Armstrong, oh, Lord. is it makes... Let's do it. Let's do it for charity, man. Let's do it for charity. We'll say the highest bidder gets to tase Lance Armstrong. Wow. Think about that. <laughs> hey, you ain't going to live forever. This is your first step to the redemption you know, you, you're, of that. You're, I think you're screwing me, but I don't I'm mind. Not, I'm not making it up. Okay, and I'm not, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad idea. Hey, let's, let's start a website. Tase Lance for charity dot org. Dot org. Bam. Okay. And let's see who wants to yeah. pay. I'll, I'll provide the taser. Here's the thing. You know, <laughs> getting kicked out of my own foundation, not being a part of the cancer community anymore. That's all been hey, a real you know, bummer. It is. But a this is my this is my comeback. Yeah, it is. This it's, is it. You're, you're paying. You're paying back. Hey, but I gotta tell you on a serious note. You know, you you, you have you have screwed up in your life. You've yeah. made some poor choices. But I believe in redemption, man. Mm, thank I, you. I believe that. Everybody deserves a fresh start, uh, you know. And I and I don't follow you that closely because I've got a, a, a community to keep safe. But the reason I'm here is because, you know, you you did make piss poor choice, and I've told this to people. I'm telling yeah. it to your face. Yeah, that's good. But you also did some really great things, and that foundation it saved lives. And yeah. I think that matters, and Thank it you. shows that it shows even to the narcissistic son of a bitch that you are not your not your mother. That's, I'm sorry, mom. I sorry, love your sorry, cake, Linda. but. I appreciate it. You cared I, deeply. And I agree. And, and I did a lot with that foundation here in Austin. And uh, 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 I, I will always be grateful for to you for having put that much yeah. of your energy uh, into making a difference in Thank people's you. lives. Yeah, so, no, that so. we did good work. And so let me just tell you about the tasing. I've been tased. Do you remember when I was a kid, you get that nine volt battery and you put it on the tip of your tongue? Right. Now imagine that. It's worse than that. Yeah. Well, imagine that sensation much more stronger, but across your entire body, right. you go down very quickly. The problem is, uh, in, in the academy, what I gather in the academy, they, they they tape it on and then they turn it on. Or do they the hooks? We I don't have, like the idea. We of the have hooks. clips. It's just little clips. My department here, or my old department in Austin, uses clips. Okay. That's it. They just put little clips. But on. But when them. you tase a bad guy, they they get like They're fish hooks. hooks. Yeah, they get. See, I don't, I'm not down with the hooks. No, no, we won't do the hooks. We'll we'll uh, uh, for charity.org okay and we'll just you it, you'll be so surprised at how fast somebody hey, buys that door. it has to be at, at the minimum starting bid will be a hundred thousand dollars right for charity well we will we will videotape it we will broadcast <laughs> it it will be there are people that have died from being tased yeah but it's okay you're in good shape dude i mean look at i'm a fat sob i've been tased but okay. you're in good shape look he's thinking right As, now uh, he's scratching let, let me no there's that. no thing i'll do it Okay, well, if somebody w- pays a hundred thousand dollars for a charity, I would get taste. I'm w- just I'll, on the record that's not coming no, but, out. We're, it's it, but, but, I'd do it, but I didn't see that because I want to do it. If, if it's up to five hundred thousand, they get to hold the trigger. That means hold the not let off. <laughs> no, not five seconds. We'll do for, for every hundred thousand, you get to hold it for another five seconds. I'll probably like pee all over myself and <laughs> yeah. crap my pants. Yeah, you know what's what people? I was that's what I was worried about. Yeah, I would think that because would the media was there and stuff. And I go, shit, but nah, you don't do anything like that. The funny thing is I had a reporter here uh, who's now in uh, Houston. His name is Fody. He had, he had, airplane, 
he had hair, hair implants, and he had done a story about his hair implants, so he gets tased live on TV. Oh, no. And he goes, "Oh my God, something's burning!" I go, "Yeah, your implants are your implants are on are, are on fire, and they're melting." Fody, run! Has has okay. Two final questions. Yeah. Has Uber leaving the city of Austin? Because this could hold true in any city. Because this is this is the reality of drinking and driving, yeah. uh, ride hailing services, and whether or not they exist or not. Has has Uber? And this is just an opinion. Has Uber leaving the city affected DWI rates? You know, I haven't looked at the data okay. uh, lately, but I can tell you, what I, your sense? I work patrol on a regular basis. I, I've I've, tur- I've arrested over a hundred people in the nine and a half years that I was here. Turned over arrest. Um, all people have to do is go down 6th Street at bar closing before Uber and Lyft mm-hmm. and after. At bar closing, you'd have people standing in the middle of the street, 8, 9, 10 deep, trying to get a damn cab. Mm. And so after Uber and Lyft got here, that stopped. And then the week after they left, I had some folks on the route line going, let me show you the impacts we're not having them. It, it is, you cannot have the biggest bar district in the country. I mean, Austin is one party big town. party yeah. town. What it did do, and I remember this, and I can tell you definitively, because I, had, I don't want to put out DWI numbers unless I, uh, what I can find out, is that alcohol sales went, way, uh, went down by like 10 or 11%. Hmm. Uh, shortly thereafter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you add the fact that if you go to the gas lamp district in San Diego, you can go to the 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 uh, the parking garages. Leave your car there for twenty four hours, no problem. They don't care. Here, these these parking garages let you only have them till three a.m. And if you don't come and get them, they 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 uh, they tow them, which is baloney. Right. So there was a lot of back room dealing going on on that, and I'm not going to say much more. But uh, well, hopefully, I'm it, back. Uh, TNCs are really important. Yeah, and I think in a perfect world. You, you do both the fingerprint and the data uh, background. Right. But if you look at the app itself, that is a security feature. Hmm. People will know where you're at. You can send your, your trip to people. Yep. Uh, they will know everywhere that car went. It's just so, yep. you know, it is last, what it is. Last question, and it's kind of a two-parter, but what is in your time here nine and a half years in nine and a half years you couldn't have made the full 10 but anyways the, yeah the, hey, when when opportunity knocks baby you got to hey, open the door and I get going I'm, I'm well aware um what is what is the lowest point of that tenure here in austin and what is the highest point your highlight highlight low light the lowest point was when jaime padron when i got the call that jaime padron had been uh, murdered shot and killed by a guy at the walmart and had to go to his uh I had to go to that scene and see my, and I've seen this too many times in my career actually, but to see one of my guys here in Austin, we had to hand an officer shot and killed in 30 years, uh, laying his, his own pool of blood and then going to his uh, wife's house and uh, Having to tell, she knocking at the door. Mm-hmm. She didn't know. I had to mm-hmm. make the notification. She's, she's a former cop, so she opens the door with a gun in her hand, and the second she saw my face, she knew, mm. and she just started screaming. And that loaded gun is there, I, so I had to grab that gun, get it out of her hands. I don't want to be shot myself. And then being in that home when she told two beautiful little girls, Olivia and Ariana, that their daddy, uh, hmm. God, you take that with you hmm. for forever, those moments. And uh, the reason I love cops is that I've had those moments, not just here. I remember Thomas Steiner when I had to tell his mom that some gangbanger piece of work out of but when I had shot him in the back of the head, hmm. 
or Don Burt, Sergeant Don Burt, whose son was executed by a, a gangbanger of the 57 freeway, or, or my friend uh, Fidel Aleman that was shot point blank in the chest. You know, I mean, I can... Uh, that that that's the low point, right? Yeah, you know, no, nobody. Yeah, you know, you know that that emotion and that connect. You know, you're you're that fraternity. Yeah, right. You know, you know that that gets lost. Yeah, I mean that I, that gets lost. I mean, people don't realize that. Hey, man, cops are not perfect. There's a lot of assholes that are cops. That don't just they don't know how to talk to people. Right. That's all about how you talk to people, man. I mean, if I can talk somebody in the jail. I can, if I can talk you into honey, to just sign in that ticket like that Sandra Bland. I, was, I would have told the ma'am, you know, that was all about her not putting out her cigarette. It's like, ma'am, I know you're frustrated. And he was going to give her a warning. Mm. Just tell her right off the bat. You know, it's all about how you how you right. calm things mm. down. And, but what people don't understand is that we take on a lot of emotional baggage as police officers. Uh, did you see the movie Crash? And then I'll shut up because I know we need to go. Have you ever seen the movie Crash? Maybe? Crash with... Uh, the, the, with, with uh, all, they had a different vignettes out of L.A. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't see it. Well, you I need, need to see to, it. It's a, it's a pretty powerful movie. There's a scene where, uh, what's his name, Matt uh, Dillon is the, is the racist cop. Uh, and earlier in the movie, in one of the vignettes, he kind of fueled up this African-American woman right in front of her husband. That's a little bit over the top. I've been a cop for, like I said, 30 years. I've never seen this. Uh, but there's a scene in that movie, and I was dating my wife at the time. We hadn't been married yet. And later on in the movie, in another scene, she overturns. She turns her car. It's getting ready to catch fire. And now here comes this racist cop having to say, remember that powerful moment. Well, I'll never forget that put me back to being a rookie officer where a woman right out of the academy and I'm and we were trained as EMTs died in my arms and I started crying man I mean because <laughs> you're not supposed to fail people right and you're supposed to save everybody so you know when moments like that when you haven't been able to save somebody or you lose a cop or a member of the community yep not just here but in the career you you don't you you never take you never let it go I mean yep. you uh, you always keep with you but you know what the highs are give me the highlight and 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 because I, I I think you crossed over. So forget the forget your no, tenure just here. Let's, thirty years. Thirty man. years. Just Let's choose the third. That's right. That's There's not a lot use, of low lights. I mean, the LA yeah. riots, being there and seeing all this stuff burning right. down. Imagine. I mean, it's just and the highlight. What's the best? The highlight is the ride, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can't appreciate the highs in life unless you've experienced some lows and the, and the, and the deeper the valleys, the higher the, the peaks. Right. And when I, when I have been able to save a life, when I've been able to talk somebody down, that's trying to, you know, jump off a freeway or whatever, uh, those far outweigh the bad, the bad outcome. So, and here in Austin, seeing this department in 2007, where it was at in terms of its mindset, mentality, the way we're delivering services, and seeing it almost a decade later, mm. it's it's a great place. Not because of me, but because I created an environment where we encouraged people to do their work, provide them with the support they needed to get it done, and for that 1% children of the corn, right, right, that didn't want to do it right, we cut our losses. And so it's been a great ride. I love this community. I think for me, uh, externally, the highlight for me was bringing communities together in Austin that really hadn't talked as much. Yep. I, like I think you get credit people. for that. that that's yeah, when thanks. you read, when you, when you, when you left for Houston, that was, you know, if, if they said yeah. three things about you, that was in every article, yeah, the stability to, to get everybody communicating. Together. Unifiers, and to, brother, yeah. unifiers. Yeah. And, you know, and so 
I think that's what life's about. Life's about relationships. You know, I remember meeting you the first time. You won't remember what it was, but I will. It was at that March thing. I remember uh, with those kids where you, the, uh, the walkathon or whatever they do every year. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, where was that? Uh, it was at the school for the deaf on uh, on uh, Congress there, whatever that is on first ah, first whatever. Yeah. Huh. Maybe Marathon, Marathon kids. kids. Marathon Kids. Exactly. You were a big part of that. See, yeah. see, see, Great program. You know what? Hey, you're defined, and I and I and I want to close this with you. You're you're going to be defined. You, you can't fix what the bad things you've done in life. You, you got it. Every day that passes is a day uh, that you put it further behind you. You ultimately are going to be end up defining what you do from this point forward taking the good that you've already done. I mean, Marathon Kids, you're a big part of that. So there's a lot of good things at Lance and that's why I'm here mm. because I want to focus on the good things you've done. And my my hope for you is that you will spend the rest of your life doing a lot of great things. You know what the name of this podcast is? No. The Forward. The Forward? The Forward. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chief, brother. thank you for being right, here. Man. Be yeah. Oh, he's already Higgs w- bought the w- website. W- Tazelance4charity.org.com, baby. <laughs> I get to oh, tase him. I get to tase him. I get to tase him. I get to tase him. Thank you, Chief. Good luck with that uh, humidity. No, I, I mean, I get to be there for the tasing, I might have said. Good luck in Houston. Thanks for tuning in to the Forward Podcast. Like, uh, like I said at the top of the show, if you have anything you want to say, if you have a suggestion, please, God knows I need suggestions, um, or questions, or concerns, or criticisms, or whatever, let me know. Send me an email. Send it to theforwardpodcast at wedosport.com. I know it's long. I know it's a little confusing. Theforwardpodcast at wedo, W-E-D-U, sport singular.com the forward podcast at we do sport.com 